meeting at the intersection of entertainment and knowledge, of greatness and destiny, comes the greatest sports video game movie podcast on today. Please welcome in your hosts, Plyrock and Mitch the Moldog. So that's going to be it for our top 10 list, guys. All right, so we're going to be moving on here to our third and final segment of the night. We're going to be talking about a movie. Moldaga, have you seen this movie that I'm about to talk about? Not sure what you're about to talk about. Bad Boys for Life. Not not for life yet. Not for life. All right, I'll keep I it. Can't, I can't wait to hear. I just like, uh, you know, people need to realize this. This is not, you know... This is expertise on your part. You are breaking these segments at like 60 minutes on the nose, man. Well, that's you are you are on your game tonight. That's what we're here for, man. So, Bad Boys for Life. Did you like Bad Boys 1 and 2, Moldog? Absolutely. Okay. Do you like Michael Bay as a director? Yes. Okay. Yes. Do you think Michael Bay sometimes gets a little too Michael Bay-ish. Fair. Fair? Yes. Okay. So with that said, with that said, Bad Boys for Life is the Michael Bay movie that... It's the Bad Boys movie, to put it at 50,000 feet first, did Ply like the movie. Loved it. It's the best movie I've actually seen so far this year on April at the end of April. That is the best movie that I have sat down and watched. The most fun I've had in at the movies, which is now my TV in my living room, obviously, for right now. It's the most fun I've had this year and the best movie I've seen overall, acting, directing, and story-wise, as of the end of April of 2020. So if we were going to have the Oscars tomorrow, I would nominate Bad Boys for Life for Best Picture at this point. That's how much I like the movie. So now what I will say is some people don't like Michael Bay's over the top. Like sometimes Michael Bay gets too Michael Bay-ish. Like sometimes he's a little bit controlled and he makes a masterpiece like The Rock. Or he makes a pretty good movie like the first Terminator movie. Excuse me, uh, uh, Transformers movie. Sometimes he makes a hot pile of garbage like Termin- uh, Transformers 3 or 4 or um, he just made that movie for Netflix. I forgot what it's called. Six something with Ryan Reynolds. I watched about 20 minutes of it and I said, I, I don't have oh. enough lifespan left to watch this. Code six, code six, something called? like that. I don't oh. know. It was it, it was it was it was it was not good. So six underground, six underground. There you go. Maybe. Six That's underground. So sometimes he just goes a little too Michael Bayish. So Bad Boys for Life was not directed by Michael Bay, but it was directed in the spirit of Michael Bay. So it's like 40%. Like if Michael Bay reduced himself 60%, this is Bad Boys for Life. So you still get a little bit of that Michael Bay feeling with those cool, like those beautiful visual shots of like the city. Or, you know, everybody on the beach looking great in bikinis or whatever else is going on or American flag waving or whatever he's doing, like the explosions. 
you get about you get about 60% less of that and 60% less shaky cam and all these gimmicky shots that he loves to do cuz he is a very he's a visual master he just sometimes goes way overboard more often than not so well the, he's not known for his subtlety or his no. yeah it's, so the 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 director of this movie and a, a, excuse me if i pronounce his name wrong cuz i don't know anything else he's really done is Adil El Arbi is his name, okay? And he's, he's a new director on the scene to me, so if he's done something else, I don't know what it is. However, he it, you could tell that this guy has it as an action director because he lets the camera come back and he lets, like, there's no shaky cam stuff going on. He's got beautiful wide shots on the action most of the time. So you can breathe and take in the scene. I think shaky cam in a movie is a, is a sign of laziness or a low budget. I hate shaky cam in movies. When you see like, like it's, it reminds me of like the old Star Trek when the ship got hit and like they'd shake the camera on the set and William Shatner would like flop over the chair. It kind of like, I hate that. That's like, okay, that sucks. So shaky cam in a movie to me, especially when it's just done because, you know, two guys didn't practice their choreographed fight moves good enough. So let's just put the camera close to them and shake the shit out of it and make it look like they're punching each other. I hate that stuff. Does that make sense? That that makes sense. Okay, um, so so Yeah, it does. Yeah, so like for example, I'll give you a quick example before I talk about bad boys. I love the Expendables series with Sylvester Stallone. Okay, have you seen The Expendables? Yes. Okay. Think back to Expendables 1, which was directed by Sylvester Stallone, and then think to to Expendables 2, which was not directed by Sylvester Stallone. The first movie, the story was cool, the setup was cool, the crew was cool, like Stone Cold Steve Austin was cool. It was cool. The directing sucked. Stallone went for like this total shaky cam looking thing going on. And he had, even though he had all these professional fighters and all these professional action stars like coming together for this movie, you couldn't really tell what was going on. Same as Quantum of Solace, the second uh, James Bond movie by Daniel Craig. It just, it was too shaky. You're like, what? I don't understand what's going on. But if you go back and watch Expendables 2, this director clearly, and his name escapes me, so I apologize, Muldog. But this director, who had directed other action movies before, clearly brings the camera back. The scenes are rehearsed. The fight scenes, you can see what's going on. The camera's just there. And you get to see these guys do, like, their thing. And it's just a better movie, dude. Even though the story may be not as good or the acting's not as good or whatever you want to say about it, it's directed better. And that's my argument for Bad Boys for Life. Bad Boys 1 and 2 will always have a special place in my heart. Bad Boys 1, my high school. Bad Boys 2 was my college days, baby. I still play that song by Puff Daddy and every other rapper on the planet all got together to make that song, you know, shake it like a tail feather. Love that song. Love Bad Boys 1 and 2. I do know they're not perfect movies. I totally get that. Bad Boys 2 is 30 minutes too long. When they go to Cuba, it's ridiculous. Like it's like a thirty-minute chase scene down a shanty town in Cuba. It's crazy. Bad Boys Three is like all the things you loved about Bad Boys One and Two, 
and all the fat is cut off the steak. Even though I love fat on a steak, but all the fat is cut off the steak. And Bad Boys 3 is it. It is a beautifully shot, beautifully acted, just honoring the first two movies, everything you loved about them. The villain in this story is amazing. The the this the story they tell is awesome. There's moments that shock you and break your heart. There's these two are so good together, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. Now Martin Lawrence hasn't acted in a long time. He came back for this movie. He kind of retired, didn't want anything to do with Hollywood anymore, kind of went his own way after his TV show and everything and just was kind of done, family guy whatever. He comes back like he like he just never stopped. And him and Will Smith are so good together. So good together. And you feel like you know them because you've been through Bad Boys 1 and 2. And they tell a great story together. Like, I was shocked, dude. I thought this was going to be something different than I saw. You know? So, Athena is saying, by the way, I legit get motion sickness when action movies have shaky cameras. I'm not able to watch them. I have to look away when the part till the parts are over. I agree. I was on a date one time in Quantum of Solace, and my date got sick and had to run to the bathroom because we were sitting close to the movie screen, and it was shaky cam. And it was just, you know what I mean? So, um, Bad Boys 3, though, gets rid of that shaky cam problem. It brings the Michael Bay level down to where Michael Bay kind of should be all the time. And a highly, highly recommended movie. Like, I can't even... I don't, I don't... Without spoiling anything, I don't even know what else to say about it. Martin Lawrence's character, Marcus, is amazing. They take him in a smart way. Uh, the, the, the direction that they take Will Smith's character in is believable to the age that he is. They recognize these guys are older. Their character arcs make sense. You want to see more of the villain, which is pretty amazing. Usually villains in these movies are pretty forgettable. Uh, you want to spend time with the villain. The villain is very compelling. The reason the villain is doing what the villain is doing is compelling. Um, and the, the score is awesome. The songs in it are great. You get that old Bad Boys theme back in there. They, they do a funny riff on the Bad Boys song. Uh, there's a new squad that they work with in the movie. Um, and they work well together. Like the characters all mesh well together and are hilarious. So highly, highly, highly recommend, especially if you love the first two. Or if you like 60% less Michael Bay in your You can clearly tell Michael Bay helped out a little bit with the movie. There are some shots where you're like, ooh, that's a Michael Bay type shot, but... It's just enough. Like, it's not over the top. You know, there's such a thing as too much whipped cream on an ice cream sundae, bro. You want some ice cream. You want some substance. This is just enough whipped cream to call it a sundae. Michael Bay was the cherry. Like, he's the Marchuccio cherry right on the top. You know what I mean? You pay your mogul coin, and you get your, you get your sundae. You know what I'm saying? So... Absolutely incredible. Four and a half out of five rock burgers for this movie. I can't give it a five because it's not an original movie. It's a triple, you know, it's the third, second sequel. 
in other words. But couldn't have made a better Bad Boys for Life. Um, don't really want to get into spoiler territory, but would love to see another Bad Boys movie. And this was a giant hit while it was in the theaters, too. So this is not this is not like some like there there might not be another one type of movie somewhere in this universe without spoiling anything. Did its box office get chopped off by Corona or did it precede? No, it was just before. Like it got lucky. Like it was like just coming down. Like it was already kind of finished. Okay. I could tell you right now what it grossed if you want. Sure. Um, I can take a look at the, I mean, the yearly box office is kind of embarrassing at this point, but uh, let me type in box office uh 2020 which is non-existent after march 15th but (laughs) box office 2020 let's see bad boys for life right now is the highest grossing domestic movie of the year 204 million sonic the hedgehog is number two at 146 million these are domestic numbers not international numbers birds of prey which flopped is number three at 84 million, so Harley Quinn's in trouble. And Doolittle, which I don't know why they keep making Doolittle, 77 million. Like, how come actors always come off of like their greatest roles and they play like just such junk? Every like Robert Downey Jr. comes off Iron Man and then just gets into like a shit squisser with Doolittle. Like, I don't understand. Why do actors, why do actors do that? You know? It happens a lot. Well, you know, it's it's the whole, it's the whole. It seems like, and you hear it a lot in interviews and stuff. There's always seemed to be this paranoia, whether it's really front and center, or whether it is in the uh, in the back of their mind. And and I guess it's kind of a cross between paranoia and trying to prove you can do other things, right? They're they're paranoid that they're going to get typecast. And they want to prove to the world that they can do something, you know, somewhat antithetical to what they just did. So that sometimes is a combination yeah. of, you know, they go really out of role. It's, it's a double-edged sword, right? You know, do you want to stretch and show that, you know, who we, we were talking about? Uh, forgot who we were talking about during one of the movies. Sec- oh, uh, um, Adam Sandler. in, in oh, Punch uh, Drunk Love. Well, doing, doing Uncut oh. Jeff. Doing uncut. Yeah, but gems. that was a good movie. Right, but th- there's an example of him trying to stretch, right? But if that if that movie was awful, Punch Drunk Love. Well, <laughs> if Uncut Gems was awful, which it wasn't, people would say, "Come on, Sandler, stick to what you know." So I don't know. There's a bit of a double edged sword. Yeah, there. But, I yeah, I know. I just it's just, but I think Downey Jr. acting wise is on a different level than Adam Sandler. As much as I love Adam Sandler with all my heart and soul. Downey Jr. is kind of like on a like eight, like he's super A list. Like Adam Sandler signed a deal with Netflix to make movies at this point. So Uncut Gems, great, brilliant little movie that came out, awesome. I can't wait to see it. I know you love it. We're gonna talk about it when I finally get to see it. But he's not Robert Downey Jr. on like the pantheon of like talented actors. He's a one trick pony. Downey Jr. is really not, you know. So to see like. I don't know if Adam Sandler has the choice of scripts on his desk that Downey Jr. has, I guess is what I'm saying. Oh, I'm sure he doesn't. I'm sure you're accurate on I that. I mean, yeah. the only person greater in acting ability 
than Downey Jr. is probably Tom Cruise, right? I mean, there's nobody greater. But just the 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 selection of scripts on Downey Jr.'s desk, and he picks Doolittle after Iron Man. Like I don't know, it's weak. It's weak. And Iron Man did. And to Phil's credit, Phil is saying Iron Man did make Downey Jr. relevant again, and it did. It did. He had a lot of personal problems and things that destroyed his career for a while and kudos to him and God bless him that he was able to rise above those issues. I'm super proud of anybody who does that, man. That's not easy. But before he did Iron Man, he was a fantastic actor and an up and coming actor in a lot of different roles. And he played a lot of like a lot of eccentric different characters and he was great in all of them. Then when he came in Iron Man, he still chose other roles that were so good like Tropic Thunder Babies, the funniest movie ever made. And he's great in it. He's unbelievably great in it. And then he makes Sherlock Holmes, which is pretty cool too, although Sherlock Holmes was kind of like a British Iron Man thing going on, but I liked it. And then he sticks with Iron Man, which we all would do if we're making that money, honey. I ain't leaving that franchise if I'm making that money. <clears throat> but then to come off of that high of Iron Man and to hit so low with Doolittle, which didn't Eddie Murphy already do Doolittle? Yes. Yeah. Sure did. Yeah. So what the frack are you doing redoing? Now, Eddie Murphy's Doolittle, be fair, was a present day Doolittle. And this was them trying to do like a Victorian Doolittle from the novel. But we already saw Victorian Robert Downey Jr. as Sherlock Holmes. Like you're just retreading shit. Go do something else. Join the DC Universe and play one of them. Play another superhero. I don't know. Tropic Thunder is my favorite movie of all time by him, Phil is saying. Dude, Tropic Thunder is a good movie, Phil. Just admit it. Tom Cruise stole the show in that movie. So anyway, guys, back to just to finish up. Bad Boys for Life. Highly recommend it. Great movie. If you even... I, I, I'm going to go back and watch the first two again. Tia Leone in the first one. Uh, so good. Second movie, so good. Just 20 minutes, 30 minutes too long. Second movie. But so you could clearly tell Bad Boys 2 had like the biggest budget ever. <laughs> so Bad Boys 3, totally worth it. Uh, is there anything besides the uh, Michael Jordan documentary that you saw? Moldog, or anything that you want to talk about movie or cinema or TV-wise before we move on to the the absolute final segment of the Ply Rock Nation podcast tonight with Ply and the Moldog. No, I think the interesting things are, you know, what people are into on Netflix or movies, and uh, I have been catching up. Uh, you said you're going to go back and watch Bad Boys. I have watched uh, a couple. Again, I was actually watching... Uh, Lethal Weapon the other night, the original or the Ooh. first one, nice whatever. I got. Yeah, so I went back and watched Lethal Weapon. I went by, but you know, I got into I got into some shows and I binged them and they're gone. And now I got to wait. And the top of that heap is Ozark, which uh, I'm big time into. But as I touched on in the sports segment, I really like those uh, that quarterback one show, and I'm kind of I'm kind of into that and. You know, um, I want to see because every time I go on Netflix, it comes up as, you know, trending very highly. Is this Mark Wahlberg Spencer character that they're developing now in the Spencer Confidential movie? 
I don't know if you've seen it or heard about it. Um, it's a Mark Wahlberg uh, prison. Is this, ne- gets- is this Netflix? Yes, this is Netflix. Yeah, I yep. think I've seen something about this. I have not watched it yet. So I'm gonna watch that and see what that's 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 all about. But uh, okay, I don't know. You started talking about Michael Bay, and I probably got to go back and I w- I'm gonna go back and watch Armageddon again. Um, Thirteen hours. I've already seen that so many times. I probably don't need to. No, revisit thir- that. great movie. But yeah, well, that's what I said. Pain and Gain, started- good movie. But then yeah, Michael started- Bay always <laughs> makes like the flip. Like he always makes. Something like that, that Six Underground, or, you know, by the way, I think Michael Bay is like one of Michael Bay's best movies, totally underrated, and Box Office Bomb, by the way, was The Island, with Ellen McGregor box and Scarlett Johansson. Total Box Office Bomb. So, it was a good movie. Like, with, I think it was Scarlett Johansson, wasn't it? I did not see The Island, I just know it was a Box Office Bomb. Yeah, that, but, that, but, that, but. He, he, for every the pain and gain or the rock or something like that. He makes, he always makes like transformers dark of the moon or he just like jumps the sh- his own shark, like too much. Sometimes like he's not able to rein himself in a little bit because he's so over the top a lot of times, but in this one, it, it, you could clearly tell he consulted and he has like a sprinkle on it and it has a little bit of Michael Bay flavor. But just enough to pull you in at what the things you loved and remembered, the humor or whatever. And this own director is able to the direct a tight action movie. So it's it's really good, dude. It's really good. Cole is asking, how do you feel about The Mandalorian? I have not seen The Mandalorian, Cole. I do not have Disney+. Plus. Have you seen it, Muldug? No, I have not seen The Mandalorian. I have heard that after all the uh, the trash that Disney has released Star Wars wise over the past few years, as they slowly s- just demolish the Star Wars universe, that the Mandalorian is kind of like the resurrection of Star Wars. I've heard nothing but good things about it. It looks like that could be the saving grace of that franchise. Unfortunately, when a when a franchise moves from the biggest franchise film franchise of all time down to a TV show. That's a downgrade no matter what. So hopefully the Mandalorian is able to kickstart star Wars again. And Disney kind of maybe lets star Wars professionals handle star Wars and stop Disneyfying it so much because they will destroy their investment pretty soon. If they don't get a handle on it. So, Phil saying, do you want to use my Disney Plus ply? <laughs> no, it's okay. Well, you know what I did watch, too, because you mentioned the movie, so now I'm going to see the movie, but I wanted to go back and get the backstory. Um, is uh, I watched the true or the documentary version of Ford versus Ferrari. Oh, I haven't and, seen that movie yet either. I know the movie's a little bit different, right? And now I, I want to see the movie, but when you go back and, uh, you know, I watched the you know, the true documentary, I mean, Henry, you know, Ford and uh, Enzo Ferrari there. And it's, it's fascinating. So That's again, so cool. you know, yeah, the movie, you know, obviously the movie will take some liberties, but uh, the true story is incredibly compelling, incredibly compelling. And I had found, I found that under the documentary section of Netflix. I might and, have to uh, watch that too. Well, you know, when they release a movie like that, Ford versus Ferrari, and it's going to be a big movie, it automatically 
then builds an audience for going back and watching the real thing too. So then they throw the documentary up and you know, a lot of people are watching it. So Yeah, no, that's great. That's a great pick, dude. That's a great pick. So at the final segment of the night here, Bulldog, as we wind this down, I have been playing this little game on the, on the uh, live video game show. I don't know if you've ever heard of a character called the predator. I have. And I don't know if you ever saw a little movie called Predator from 1987 starring Arnold Schwarzenegger. 1987. I was right in the middle of my, my jam there, y'all. This game, they have released a new game for the PlayStation 4 and PC called Predator Hunting Grounds. Have you seen any of this gameplay before I get into this? Uh, yeah, Yes, I have, and, and I, I think I mentioned this to you off-air, but now I'll bring it on-air so the chat can kind of laugh at me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was watching it. I was loving it. I was commenting. I was liking. I was doing all this stuff, and I realized I wasn't watching the live one. I was watching one you, you watching already the, Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> but I was watching it, and I was enjoying it. All right, so the basic premise of the game, for people who don't know, this is called Predator Hunting Grounds. And it's a five-person multiplayer game. Four people play as an elite squad of soldiers dropped into the jungle to complete a mission. And one person plays as the actual predator from the movie. The four soldiers will start with them. So there are three different maps in the game. They're all jungle-based, but there are three different maps right now, but they promise a lot more content soon. And whatever map you drop into, it's random. And on that map, there's going to be a random mission. So in the mission, you'll have to go to a drug camp and steal some intel or cut a fuel line or reset a satellite or plant C4 or whatever. So your 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 leaders of the squad have you running around this entire giant jungle map to different points on the map trying to complete this mission as the soldiers. The soldiers do play in first person. Muldog, do you know the difference between first person and third person in a video game? Yes, I do. Okay. So first person being you see through the eyes of the character, third person over the shoulder. Okay. So first person, the four players play as first person soldiers running around. You got guns. You got, uh, you know, grenades. We have little perks. We can dress up our guys. We unlock uh, gear as we go. We unlock outfits as we go. Really cool stuff. So anyway, um, up unbeknownst to the four soldiers, there is a predator in the trees. And this predator is played in third person. This predator can run around the trees, climb up the trees, jump, um, uh, come down to the ground, cloak like the movie, heat vision like the movie. There's weapons from all the different Predator movies, like uh, like the swing, the uh, the discus, uh, like um, the the big staff. Uh, so there's a bunch of different Predators. And by the way, Flame, we do see the stars. Thank you so much for the 150 stars. We really appreciate it. it means a lot. Um, so it's these four soldiers versus this one Predator. This game, before I give you the bad, I'm going to give you the good. This game completely does a very admirable job of capturing the spirit of the original movie. When that Predator shows up, and I like to play more as the soldiers, 
than the Predator. I'm still practicing the Predator. He's harder to play. But when you play as the soldiers and that sucker first shows up and you almost get hit by that first shoulder cannon laser blast that the Predator had from the first movie and it explodes all around you in sparks and you don't know where he is and the music hits from the original movie, Alan Silvestri's score is kind of remixed for this. And then on top of that, there's AI soldiers coming at you, firing at you and firing at the trees because the Predator's killing them too. It is, when this game nails it, it nails it. And Stevie and I had an unbelievable time, Stevie in the chat, playing this game for the past couple of nights. We're going to be playing it again this week, probably on Friday night, Friday night. It's insane. And there's nothing like it when that Predator first shows up. Playing as the Predator himself, or herself, you could pick either or, the Predator is a lot harder to play, but once you get your handle on how to play the Predator, it is... You, if you get a good Predator, you're dead, bro. I know people on the internet keep saying they need to buff the Predator, they need to make their Predator stronger. They need to... No, you need to learn how to play the Predator. Once you play the Predator and you get... Because me and Stevie, especially Stevie can attest to this in the chat, guys... When you run up against a predator who knows what they're doing, you're dead. <laughs> like, he will rip out your spine and make a trophy out of you faster than... And if you're not working together as a unit with the other three people on your squad, protecting each other, healing each other, picking each other up, getting the missions going, whatever you're doing, you're dead. Now, if you get a shitty predator, very easy to win. Very easy to win. Because if they don't know how to play the predator... They're going to come down. They're, the Predator is going to try to take out all four of you at once. You guys can just light him up. He's dead. That's not the way the Predator hunts, and that's not the way the Predator is supposed to be played. The Predator is supposed to stay out in the distance, stay out in the trees, listen, pick his shots, take you out. So with that said, the good aspects of the game are the feeling of nostalgia from the 87 movie is perfect. The musical score is perfect. The game selection and modes right now are good enough to get us by. They're going to have to add some stuff if they want this to last a while. Uh, but for right now, they fit. I think they're good for about a solid month to two months. If, if they don't add some more maps, some more missions or game modes, uh, this game might not last. So, But for right now, it's good. It's, it, it's not a full price game. It's not a $60 game. It's a $40 game. It's worth the price right now, but they need to add stuff to it. So, just that being said, the bads to this game right now is the crossplay that was promised stuff is promised us is still not working. So, even though there is crossplay between PC players and uh, PS4 players, I can't invite my friends on PC and vice versa. Yeah, I'm playing with random PC people, and that I don't like. So. They need to fix that. I guess they're working on it. They won't really respond to it, but we kind of think they're working on it. They better work on it because I got PC friends who want to play. Um, the graphics are a little bit dated. They look pretty... I'm, I'm playing on PlayStation 4, so to be fair, it is on PlayStation. And Flame, we see the stars. Thank you so much for another 50 stars. We really do appreciate it in the chat. 
the graphics are a little bit dated, but that's on that that seems to be a PlayStation 4 problem. The game's not optimized well for the PlayStation. On the PC, it seems to run a lot better right now. They they need to patch it up because the frame rate's a little rough on the PlayStation. So I'm not going to hold that against them yet, but if that's not fixed in a few weeks, that's going to bring the score down as well, Muldog. And the other thing that I say would be a drawback to the game is there's really only a tutorial. There's no single-player story. This is completely multiplayer. There is only... Um, there is only a tutorial on how to play the Predator. It's like five minutes long. It doesn't really tell you much. It's just like, dude, this is how you climb a tree. This is how you jump from tree to tree. And this is how you shoot your shit. Good luck. And that's all it does. So in that aspect, there's not, if you, if you don't have internet or PlayStation plus or whatever, don't buy this game. And especially maybe if you don't have friends who don't want to play this game with you, I don't know if you should play this game with just randoms. It's way more fun with your friends. It's designed to be played with your friends, to be fair. So it is, but other than that, if I had to score this game right now, score the fun I'm having in it right now, I have to give the game a solid B plus right now. That score could go down if they don't support it well soon that score could go up if they give me Arnold's skin from the original movie. So if they add the original team, like Carl Weathers and Arnold and Jesse DeBody Ventura and all those other people, this this game will live on in my heart forever like the fucking Titanic, bro. Like, it'll never go away. So, and it's, it's a good streaming game. Like, it actually, because they're like 15-minute matches... And every match plays out differently. So it has that multiplayer excitement to it that that works very well on a stream, on a video game show. Like, people can come in and say hi and watch a few matches and get out, and more people can come in. Um, or, you know, and it's, it's just, it just feeds itself. It's, it's really, really, uh, it's really good. So, How long has it been out? A week. Oh, okay. So it is brand spanking new, but yet it's only forty dollars. It's not a full price game because it's not like it's hard. To, like Doom is a full price game. It, it's like a thirty hour campaign, full multiplayer. Like Predators, like one game mode. Like drop into the jungle, get your shit done, get out of there. So it shouldn't be a sixty dollar game. If it was a sixty dollar game, this I would tell you everybody, I'd scream to the heavens, this is a waste of money. You know, but because it's a $40 game and I'm sure it'll be on sale soon. If you guys wait a month or two, this was also done by the studio. It's not a big studio that made this mold dog. Remember how much love I had for Terminator resistance? Totally because of that studio bouncing back. I remember that like it was yesterday. You said that studio made a terrible game and then they came back with this and you were rooting for them. And remember that whole conversation. I will play through Terminator again, but this this particular game, Predator Hunting Grounds, was made by another small studio called Ilphonic. And they had made a not quite as shitty game as Rambo, but they had made a pretty clunky, mediocre game Friday the 13th that people were 
they kind of liked it and they wanted to like it, but even I wanted to like it, but it just handled like shit. They had made that game, and unfortunately, that game was destroyed by lawsuits. Something to do with the Friday the 13th licensing and some music in it didn't really work out, and I guess their publisher didn't have the right things going on, and Ilphonic got screwed on that one. So they had to they had to basically abandon Friday the 13th, and then they were working on Predator Hunting Grounds, which is backed by Sony. So I'm hoping with the backing of Sony, Sony's going to give them the resources to support the game for a while, to add things to it, to fix the bugs, etc. So I have the same level of fanboy bullshit going on with Predator Hunting Grounds that I did with Terminator Resistance. Both not $60 titles. And I think Predator is, if they can support it right, could be not a Fortnite-level streaming game, not a, you know, Apex Legends or, or you know, whatever this fly-by-night BR <clears throat> Warzone, Call of Duty Warzone, which I enjoy now. It's not going to be on that level ever, I don't think. But they could really get some longevity going if they support it right because it does stream very well. And with what I do, I need games that stream very well. A lot of people ask me to stream all these games all the time. And yeah, I want to play them. And yeah, they're fun, but they don't stream very well for the general audiences. Predator does. Predator is exciting and it's fun and we have a good time with it. So... And I know, I, I'm assuming you love the original movie? Absolutely. Um, there are a few different ways to win matches as the soldier. You can finish your mission and get to the chopper. You get to the chopper at the end. Um, you can kill the predator. If you kill the predator, I don't know if you remember in the original movie, he has that a self-destruct device on his wrist. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Predator will activate that self-destruct device if you down him. If you do not kill him fast enough, he will activate that device. If he activates that device, there's a giant blast radius on the map. You have to run your ass off to get outside that circle or you get killed in the mushroom cloud. If you make it outside that circle, you win. If you don't, Predator wins because he killed you. That's the second way to win. The third way to win for soldiers is to kill the Predator completely without allowing him to do the self-destruct device. Protect his body until the CIA gets there to steal it. So those are the three ways the soldiers can win. The way that the Predator wins <clears throat> is in the by, when you play as the Predator, you get a lot more XP because it's harder to play as the Predator. But when you play as the Predator, if you kill all four soldiers and rip out their spines and make trophies out of them, you win. That's how the Predator wins. And I know everybody wants me to say it, so fine. Hurry! Get to the chopper! What are you doing? Run! Okay, there's my Arnold for the night. <laughs> so, fantastic game. I've been playing a lot of that. We've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy VII Remake, and we're still working our way through that. The Pioneers have been fantastic. They got us. They broke records the past few nights, Moldog. I was trying to tell you off stream. 1,500 comments the other night. 240 shares. 
Wow. So I promised them after Final Fantasy VII, we're going to do a playthrough of Final Fantasy XV, which I did not like the first time I played it. I only played it, though, for about 15 to 20 minutes. So because they they, they profess it's such a good game, I am going to... Uh, I am going to give it another uh, a try. Um, so I promised them that. They made me drink Dr. Pepper, which is the nectar of evil and disgusting. So I drank that the other night on the show. I still want to puke. I don't know how anybody drinks that shit. Cole is saying, Ply, my ringtone went off and it was the Predator growl. I heard about it and you were talking about the Predator. Let's go. There are all those sound effects, Moldog, in the game, like turn around, turn around, <laughs> like all that shit. Yeah. Yeah, that, that musical uh, tone, like doo-doo-doo-doo, doo-doo, like that, that jungle music they had when they were going. All that's in there, dude. All that is in there. It, it recreates the first movie's tension pretty good. I would say I wish they slowed down the gameplay just a little bit. Because you can run from like sections of the map all over the place and you're doing objectives. If there was a little more sneaking and a little more stealth as the soldiers, you do have to cover yourself with mud too, by the way. Um, if you cover yourself with mud, the predator can't really see you, just like the movie. So you have to find mud and it wears off, but you got to put mud on too. So, by the way, Jim Hopper's men, if you look on the map, Jim Hopper's men are hanging in a tree in the map too. Remember Hopper's men that they yep. find from the helicopter? So he's there. So there's so many references to the movie. I hope they add, like, the concrete jungle from the second movie. That would be so cool. Like, have a an, a map in L.A., like, futuristic L.A. There's so many places they could take this. It would be so good. You know, it was intense, man. It was intense. Is there anything else, Moldog, you want to bring up before I read these sick comments that these suckers have been saying they want me to do if we hit a thousand comments? What do you What do you think? And you You're thinking Friday night for Predator uh, again? Yeah, Friday. This Friday night, it'll be Predator again. Definitely, it's uh, it streams really well. They really like it. We have so many games. I mean, I play so many different games, though. I try to take care of so many different people. I'm looking it up now. I mean, I'm on the wrong thing here. Hold on. I got to find the... Uh, before we go, I got to find the... Let me get to my page here. They left all these comments about what we should do if we hit 1,000 comments, which I don't think they're going to hit 1,000 comments. So, But they did an admirable job. I'm very proud of them. But we can't break records every single night, guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right, here it is. So, um, here we go. Nope, there's a whole bunch of posts. Okay. Let me get to my posts. If we hit a thousand comments, okay. So if we hit a if we hit a thousand comments, they want me to hold on. Why won't this thing work? Where is it? There's Alexa Bliss. Okay, I just got happier. Okay. All right. So Leo is saying, if I hit a if you hit a thousand comments, drink a diet Dr Pepper and go tell everyone how great it was. No. Adam is saying, put habanero juice in your diet Coke. No. 
<laughs> Preacher is saying, Adam, that's a great idea, but why don't you make Ply use a Reaper? Or just have him bite a Carolina Reaper? And then Adam agreed. You guys are misogynists. Like, do you hate me this much? <laughs> like, <laughs> hit a thousand comments, shit fire for a month. This is cool. <laughs> Mrs. Ply, is this is this fill in the blank? Ply has to grow back the goatee and go to Target with Mrs. Ply. Ooh. No. I will never step foot in a Target. Ever. Unless Jessica's there and I could just use my red card and buy the whole store and make her wait outside. Other than that, I'll never step foot in a Target. I don't like it. But maybe the goatee will come back. We'll see if we're going to do a Team Save It or Team Shave It again. Flame is saying, wear a bikini, make up in a wig on stream while eating pineapple pizza. <laughs> like, you guys are sick. Uh, and saying this would be worth it. I don't know if that'd be worth it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how I'd fill in that bikini. I'd have to get like a D cup at this point in my life, I think. All right, let's see. Jeremy, why don't you tell everybody you love Dr. Pepper? Ugh, and secretly serving Jessica Dr. Pepper. What's with the Dr. Pepper? Melnick is saying, drink Diet Coke and Mentos. Oh, I don't know, Muldog, if you've seen these videos going around the internet where people are dropping Mentos. Yeah. Into Coke, Diet Coke or Coke or whatever, and it's exploding all over people's faces. Oh, is it like the old uh, Coke and Pop Rocks from uh, back in the uh, back in the day? Do you remember Pop Rocks? Yeah, is I remember. Yeah, I remember Pop Rocks. Okay, so you used to put, you know, when they first came out. Now this is this is way back, dude. Yeah, this but, is before uh, my time. Yeah, you put a bunch of Pop Rocks in your mouth and you drank some Coke. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, yeah, Oof. it was like, uh, yeah, it was just ba 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 ba. Maybe we'll do that. Yeah, it was crazy. That it was a quick hit. It was like wasabi, right? Like it, it blew you away, but then it kind of went away real quick. So it was kind of like wasabi in that. So that's uh, along those same lines. Uh, dropping Mentos in uh, in the soda, I guess. But yeah, back in the day, it was Pop Rocks and Coke, and it worked. Trey is saying, do the one-chip challenge, Ply. Isn't that the uh, ghost pepper tortilla chip? That uh, if you take a bite of it, you just your your ass melts off your body? Yeah, there's been a lot of YouTube videos on that, too. That uh, I saw. I, I've seen that on YouTube, if that's the one he's talking about. And it was just one chip, and these guys... Just dying? But, yeah, they I, couldn't. I got it. a buddy, Wombat. And you know, I think you know Wombat in in uh, around here, Moldog Nick. He uh, he he ate the one chip like it was like ice cream. Like he just ate it. Like he was just yeah. like yeah, eh, and he just ate it. And I'm like, you're sick. And he's like, yeah, it's not that hot. I'm like, huh? <laughs> so <laughs> it's a packet with one single chip. Jessica's saying it's awful. Oh my gosh, we got a lot of comments here. These guys have been going crazy since we've been talking. They're still not going to make, by the way, a thousand comments. But they tried. They tried. Um, let's see here. Flame is saying, check your page. I can't check my page anymore. 
Um, yes, we can play. I break records every month. Oh, my God. My daughter watched me play the entirety of Final Fantasy 15, and she's two. Plies more like a newborn. Thanks, Hell Priestess. Appreciate it. I'll take Mrs. Ply to Target. You guys can live at Target. I'm good. I'm good. I don't go to the... I don't shop in general. I don't know about you, Moldog, but I'm not... Even when stores aren't closed or have these weird one-way aisles or whatever the hell else is going on, I don't go there anyway. No pain, no gain. Nathan's in here. Snow, what's going on, man? Welcome in. I don't think that was the right word, but I'm okay with it. Misogynist. You meant masochist. Though I think sadist is actually what we would be. <laughs> Preacher. You are correct. I actually did say misogynist. I meant to say masochist. So I like I like listen. I like Preacher, man. Preacher is an educated person and he always brings an educated take to the uh to the vodcast. So uh I appreciate you, Preacher. Preachers are Jessica's saying we need to get Ply to eat the red bag Korean ramen. Oh, ramen noodles are nasty. You know what? She's on to something there. I'm a I uh I, I must admit I have a soft spot for some of those really ridiculous spicy ramens. And I will make those up. And there are a couple that are that are kind of off the chain. And I like I like the hot stuff, but I I don't just you know pretend it doesn't affect. Like I actually like the uh, the feeling and getting into it. I can handle it, but it you know it shows. But I I kind of get into it. I like the like those wing challenges and and the crazy wasabi challenges that Man versus Food used to do. Uh, you know I get in I I get into those things. I. I I can handle it, but it, it affects me. It's not like you said with Nick eating that one chip like it was nothing. But uh, I like that stuff. And the red bag ramen is a good – that's a good catch. Do you like ramen noodles, Muldug? Absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. Oh. Fantastic. Oh, my gosh. The ramen noodles are like a dumpster fire of food. I don't understand. When I went to college and we just had the little all you were allowed to have in your dorm, you couldn't have microwave ovens, you couldn't have this, you couldn't have that. The only thing that you were allowed was a stupid little little plate where you could heat up like the thing with the water. It was just a little like one burner little plate, almost like a coffee pot looking thing. And all you could make was cup of noodles, ramen noodles and stuff like that. Listen, and, uh, I'm not knocking the fact yeah, a lot that of if, if you're starving and there's only ramen noodles in the in the cupboard, I mean, I would eat it. I'm not knocking that it's unedible. It's just like, it's, it's like the lowest, like, like if there was a car that you would buy, like if you had a list of like all the car companies and you listed them at the top, your favorite car, all the way down to like your least favorite automobile maker. If I had that list of food, I'm pretty sure right down there with liver, would be ramen noodles. Like I just, it's so salty. Oh yeah, that's like the great, that's, ramen noodles is saltier as food that Hellraiser is when he plays Call of Duty and gets killed by somebody better than him and makes excuses. Like that's how salty ramen noodles is. It's insane. That's the best part. That's the best part that I actually. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna really let you behind the curtain here. Okay. I run out of the spice packets in ramen noodles because i actually take two of the salt packets to make one thing of ramen noodles mm -hmm. so i need extra salt packets so i even kick it up 
the salt factor. So you think it's salty regular? Wait a minute, you put salt in the ramen noodles? Yeah, the the, the double the spice packet. You can just buy the spices separately. Mm-hmm. So you just double the spice packet and you make it twice as salty. Twice, yeah. Oh, it's oh fantastic. Oh my gosh. I have low I got- sodium, so I should probably eat more ramen, says Phil. Yeah, dude. If you got low sodium problems, one ramen should take care of you for a few months. Yeah, you could just walk by the ramen and it would take care of your soda. <laughs> Thank you. If you, you don't even have to if they put a packet of ramen noodles in your coffin, you actually do not uh you do not decompose. Preacher is saying ramen is great. It's a cultural asset for the entire East Asia. Plus there are different quality levels of ramen. Most U.S. ramen is trash. It's like you're comparing gas station hamburgers to a steak. Hey, by the way, I've had some great-ass hamburgers at gas stations, bro. Calm down. To a steakhouse burger, but I agree the salt is the best part. No doubt. (laughs) It's fantastic. Fantastic. I don't know. I mean, oh, I'm going to puke. You know, we have to incorporate at some point, and again, maybe something will come from the chat too, but uh, um, in in terms of food – uh, you know, I like to argue with you over steaks all the time. So at some Prime point, rib, baby, yeah, ribeye, the marbly, the better. So at some point we need some little cool little food one. So that, that would work because well, Moldog uh, is a chef, you know, and the, and the, the prime rib, the, 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 we could start that. That's the greatest. I love ribeye. that one. It's ribeye. Yeah. I, I know what it is. The marbly, the more marble in it, the better. That's it. There's filet mignon is garbage. It's garbage. It it tastes like it tastes like a fucking hockey puck. Unless you have a good chef who like really whoops it up, but you you can't just eat filet mignon as filet mignon. Hell, Hell Priestess is saying, I'll make Moldog all the ramen he wants, complete with a soft boiled egg, pork belly, and nori strips. Oh, what that the sounds. F- awesome what's what's nori strips i have no idea but i don't care i know it'll be good i eat any <laughs> pork belly first of all pork belly is so hot and i mean so like on trend not hot pork belly is so on trend and it is so fantastic mm-hmm. oh that sounds that a soft boiled egg that's like you're baking and eggs in your ramen oh who was that was that jessica oh who yeah said that yeah. Oh, Jessica, I'm with you, baby. Wait I am with you. Where did, uh, w- dude, Snow just said something funny, and I missed it. He just said something about filet mignon is garbage. He was, like, giving me shit, and I don't know where his comment went. Someone's going to have to repeat that back to me. I saw it on the on the screen. Preacher saying, you uncultured, you uncultured swine. Swine, I'll make you pulled pork from your thighs. <laughs> Nori, by the way, is seaweed. Oh, yeah. even better. Perfect. Okay. The dried seaweed. Okay, I've had that when I was eating the Joy Bowl a lot before all yeah, this happened. Yeah, man. That sounds, yeah. that sounds awesome. Yeah, definitely. Um, I did love the Joy Bowl. I was eating that all the time. And it, there was a place right next to our, um, there was a place right next to our uh, work, our daily work, that made like a sushi bowl kind of thing with like spicy tuna and like rice and vegetables and and avocado and put the nori strips on it and and everything the the uh tempura and then like a wasabi sauce a cream wasabi sauce 
and it was so good. Flame, thank you so much for the stars, by the way. I appreciate it. I saw it coming to the chat. It um it was so good and it and it like felt like it was healthy, but I don't think it was healthy. Like I was like, Yeah, I'm eating good, baby. This is better than McDonald's, man. Like I'm getting healthier. Like I should eat this every day, but man, a few hours later, I could have sent a mission to the moon. Hellraiser saying veal isn't really all it's cracked up to be. Nah, sometimes I will say this, Hellraiser, I did for the first time years ago drive by my first veal farm. And I am not a by any stretch of the imagination, I am not a like super like duper crazy animal person. Like, you know, like I love my dog and I like my cat and it goes down from there and I don't like it when anybody hurts animals, obviously. But, you know, a cow is a cow, a chicken is a chicken, a pig is a pig, and if they're raised on a farm, people got to eat, and as long as it's used for a purpose, I'm cool. But I saw the veal farm, and I don't know, Moldog, if you've ever seen an actual veal farm. Oh, I've. you remember, I came from the food industry. I visited more than one. Yeah, and uh, I was kind of like, it kind of, I like the taste of veal. When it's done right. Like a veal parmesan, so good. I just don't know if the way we get to the veal is worth it. If that makes sense. Because they were like all these little cages and this veal farm. And all these little like baby cows. Like in these cages. And I I was just like, eh. No, I know, Stevie. I'm not trying to get all PETA on YouTube. <laughs> He's saying in the chat, don't you dare get PETA on me. <laughs> I'm, Dude, I, my father's best friend growing up, he was a butcher. I picked out our pigs. We, we, we put them on the, uh, the electro pad, zapped them, took them back to the house. We gutted them. He showed, I, when I was a kid, I was learning how to butcher pigs. Then we had a huge pig roast every year. You know, on the big spigot, the Moldog, I know you know what I'm talking about. And uh, never had a problem with any of that. But then I just saw that veal thing, and I was like, I was like, eh, this is a little rough. Just a little. Just a little. And I still have veal every once in a while. So I didn't swear it off. But it brought down my veal consumption probably 42.6%. You know what I mean? I love veal. Yeah, I do too. I The taste of it is it's pretty good but just the way they make it it seemed a little too like i could just have a steak bro like i was like it's okay <laughs> phil is saying i'm not for veal i'll shoot a deer elk moose if grown but babies are off limits i could see where veal can kind of get testy just by the way they produce it you know so i i do like the taste of it i just don't know Maybe there's a better way we could make it. I don't know. Well, here's here's the thing. Without getting into a long diatribe about veal and whether it's you think it's unsavory that it's uh, a younger, you know, a young calf, this, that, and the other. The the thing the thing though you have to keep in mind, and, and a lot of people probably don't know this. Um, the calves that are used for veal production, yeah, they they are pretty much a a byproduct of dairy production, if you will. And once their use, because they're not, they're not being milked, they're not up to that 
but they're once their use as having been born, okay, being their largest use per se, um, at that point in their life, that that animal is going to be harvested anyway, and harvested is nothing more than a fancy word for slaughtered. Yeah, so, yeah, no, I get that. I get I that get... animal was getting killed anyway, and now you're turning it into veal. So I'm not saying it makes it any. Again, this is like anything. If you went to a chicken farm, oh, chicken's nasty, bro. Yeah, like, you eat chicken, like, but chicken's this, fucking gross. They're just you'd gross. Be like, this isn't right. This isn't right. What they do here, you know? Yeah. And a chicken, you know, we always talk about a calf because it's you know three months old, four months old, whatever yeah. is peak veal. Well, guess what? A chicken is six weeks old when you take it down. So, I mean, that's kind of a baby, right? Six weeks. That's a full-grown chicken. Okay, that's when Tyson starts, uh, you know, yeah. taking him down. So you harvest a chicken at six weeks. Jessica should have changed the channel, Stevie's saying, because they're all going at it in the chat now about veal. Yeah, so I'm not saying, you know, I mean, uh, you know, hey, I don't like watching those uh, Sarah McLaughlin uh commercials either any more than anybody else. And no, I'm not I mean, a- let's be honest. I mean, dogs are cute. Cats are cute. I mean, the uglier the animal is, the more we'll eat it. Sure, and there's no, and there is, <coughs> there is no valor, and and I, you know, I'm I'm not on the PETA mailing list, that's for sure. Oh, they but suck. I'm not. I don't it, mean it, them. I just meant like yeah. just as a human being, I was kind of like, right. this is just but a little. There is no valor. There is no valor in mistreating an animal ever. No. So no, if, if animals are if animals are farmed the like the correct way, I mean, animals are. We need to eat, and they need to right. eat, and everything needs to eat. Like, I totally get it. There's a, like, the pig. The one thing that always fascinated me about the pig, and it, correct me if I'm wrong, Muldog, and this is what my father and his friend used to tell me all the time, the pig is the one animal we use every single part front to back on. Pretty much. Like, nothing is wasted on a pig. Oh, pretty much. Right? Yeah. Like, other animals, there's always byproducts. But a pig front to back is, like, from the ears to the tail, baby. Like, everything has a purpose. <laughs> Feet to the feet, even everything is used, and it's not wasteful, and that's why I, you know, I don't necessarily have any issue with. I don't have any issue with most meat, by the way. I don't care. I'm gonna eat. I'm at the top of the food chain, but the the pig makes me always feel better when because it's just all used. So, you know, so that's all. I mean, I don't necessarily know if I would categorize it as animal abuse per se it was just a little off-putting like i was just saying the first time i went to that place it looked like a little mini camp (laughs) well i mean think about it it. even if you went to a even if you went to a full-grown thousand pound steer if you went to a a major yard in nebraska and you watched these animals coming in and you know taking a taking the electric bolt to the head yeah. And, you know, having their throat slashed and hung up, you know, in a matter of seconds, seconds. that would be off putting. That would be off putting to you. too. It's off putting, but, but it's quick. But the fact of the matter is that that's how it gets done. I mean, that that's that's simply that's what that animal is grown for. That's what it's sold for. There's a big investment in that animal on the on the, uh, you know, from the farmer's sake in terms of feed and this and that. And that's 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 the economic impact of of that animal and yeah no i get it you know by the way phil, phil in the chat just to wrap up Moldog, is saying hunting for sport is what's bothersome but if hunting for sport is what bothers you phil 
then you're not going to be ready for Ply Day night when the Predator is going to be hunting for sport live on the Ply Rock Nation show. It's going to be us, the elite Marines, trying to get the job done against one hunter for sport in the trees above us. Anyway, guys, thank you so much, everybody, tonight for all the stars, all the shares, all the comments. We hope you enjoyed the show tonight. We hope you had a great time. We did. This is actually like one of the times technical issues were like at a complete and bare ass minimum, which is amazing. We love you all. We are out of here. Say goodbye, Moldog. Goodbye and good night. See you guys. We're out. Peace.